Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, we're back at it. Welcome into the Auburn Live show, the Modcast version. Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston, and myself, Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com on three sports. Uh, as we get ready for Auburn and South Carolina, basketball season's going, recruiting's heating up. Um, Jeffrey Cole, what's going on, guys? Busy with the with the recruiting. I feel like that's heating up. I'm at you, yeah. Hoke. And yes, you are correct. We yeah. are within one month until Sunday. That's right. That's, that's crazy. I still got to get. You know, I've been out of the game, and so I'm. I'm. I mean, last time I was in it, there was no early signing period. So I'm, it's weird um, getting back used to that. Um, early signing period in a month. Yeah. Like guys will be signing. Yeah. I have to, I have to say, even though signing the early signing period is coming up and I am fired up about that. Basketball's got me kind of excited too. And I'm not really a basketball guy. So <laughs> Good. yeah, I hope that carries over. There's a, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, Bruce has done a good job. But there's a lot of, I feel like Auburn fan base that had to come a long way into being interested in basketball. And so I think you probably reflect a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk Auburn, South Carolina. And then, and then as we always do, we'll talk recruiting on the, uh, on the back end. Um, if you missed the recruiting podcast, Jeffrey and Cole did a couple of days ago, make sure you go listen to that. They'll, that's going to be ramping up as recruiting gets, gets wild and crazy. So um, we'll do more and more of that. All right, guys, TJ Finley time. 
um, as Auburn prepares to go to South Carolina. Bo Nix out for the year. Anders Carlson out for the year. Auburn loses the game. All that happened in the last 15 minutes um, of last week's game. Um, now it's TJ Finley's turn to start. Uh, ironically, his first start against uh, his first start last year for LSU was against South Carolina, um, and he lit it up. And then in the next week, Auburn lit him up. Um, but uh, don't really know what to expect, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, uh, South Carolina is certainly not a great team. I, they're they're marginally a good team at times. You know, I mean, I don't even know if you go that far. Um, but they have a pretty good defense. So. And with TJ Finley starting, I, I don't really know. I mean, I feel like Auburn could win this game by a field goal. I feel like Auburn could win it by 17. Neither would shock me. Um, honestly, I'd I'd still be surprised if Auburn lost. That'd be pretty disappointing. But um, Jeffrey, what what do you what's your what's your vibe on this game? And just talk about Finley, man. What do you think about Finley starting? Um, what do you think he can he can do as Auburn's quarterback? Just kind of give me your thoughts on where things are right now. Man, I, you know, I'm I'm not yet sold on T.J. Finley. Um, he's got some. You know, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that Auburn can win out. With three minutes left to go in the first half last week against Mississippi State, I'm watching that game. I'm watching Bo. And I'm watching Auburn score four touchdowns, and I'm going, dude, we've got a freaking Iron Bowl on our hands this year. I, Alabama's beatable. And if this team plays like they did in the first 30 minutes of, uh, of, the, of the first half, is that right? Yeah. We, we, we've got a ball game. And then, you know, the bed was scattered on the rest <laughs> of the game. Um, and I, so I, I expect South Carolina – I don't care who's the quarterback. Auburn, Auburn has to go to South Carolina and win. I don't care. I don't care who's playing quarterback. I mean, they, they can hand the ball off 35, 40 times, and Auburn should be able to beat South Carolina. It's just the way it is. It's the way it should be. Not sold on T.J. Finley. I, I don't know what to expect. I didn't pay attention to him last year at LSU. I saw what he did at Georgia State this year. And, you know, whatever. He, I, I'm just not sold on him. I'm not sold on him that he's the quarterback of the future for certain. He might be, man. I don't know. But up to this point, um. I'm, I'm Montana on him. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I The more I've listened to him, so he, we talked to him on Wednesday. See, yeah. Love I saw him. that. Yeah. Did you watch that? I, I, no, I just saw what you wrote about him and yeah. how how well he did. And, yes. and I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't I didn't watch that. So probably doing everybody a disservice for commenting on it. No. Well, I love the kid. I mean, I, really impressive for a young kid. Like, speak, you know, just just thoughtful. Um, I, you know, so I think people haven't seen a lot of him, obviously. But but I, so I'll give him props to that because he's a really impressive interview. He gives thoughtful answers. Um, good dude, good kid. Um, but as far as on the field, I'm kind of with you. I mean, you know, you got to look, think about that Georgia State game, and 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 yes, he led them down the field. Yes. Um, but man, think about think about how close that was to not happening against Georgia State. Think about the play where he's falling down about middle of the field, and he and he kind of makes that pass forward. Think about the fourth down play where, I mean, you know, like that was they they seriously like almost lost that game even with Finley, and then and then Finley's come in a couple games and you know Georgia total wash up time hits Landon King on a couple of balls and you know down the middle, but then 
Yikes. I mean, fumbles last week. He had another game. I can't remember which one it was. Another game where he had mop-up duty. It was just yeah. – um, hmm. so, yeah, not sold either. I mean, I'm curious, like, what what a week of reps does. You know, what, what does he look like when he gets all the reps this week and then yeah. the next week? But, I, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Here's how I feel about T.J. Finley at South Carolina. He doesn't have to win the ball game for Auburn. Yeah. He just has to not lose the game for Auburn. I feel like Auburn should be able to go in there with Grant Loy and, and win the ball game. I do. So the only thing riding on TJ's shoulders is not to lose the ball game. Don't throw interceptions. Don't fumble the football. Don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Get, get comfortable because you're going to have to be yeah. the dude next week, right? I mean, this is important for him, for Auburn to even have a chance. And I don't know that they even do, but uh, but for them to have a chance to keep the line under 20. Against Alabama, you know? Yeah, I saw where that came out. Like an like early initial line or something was like 18, and I was like, mm-hmm. might not be enough. I don't know. Right, uh, right. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, Cole, what do you think? You wrote about TJ this week at AuburnLive.com, kind of what you thought from the offense. We we talked to Harson um, and Nick Brahms and TJ. We, we asked them, like, hey, what, what's this offense look like with TJ? And it it didn't sound like it was going to be dramatically different. I mean, I mean, Brian Harson was like, "Look, we he has to execute what what we think will be successful." I mean, there might be some differences. Obviously, maybe you're not rolling him out the way you were, Bo. But I mean, ultimately, that offense is just they've got some things they've got to do to be successful, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, but what what do you see from a Finley led Auburn offense? What do you think it's going to look like? Yeah, I'm, I've been quiet so far just because I'm trying to think of, of kind of what I wrote this week and, and thinking back to the snaps he's played for Auburn so far. And it, to me, the most telling snaps he played were was the drive he got during the LSU game when the game was in hand. It was after he had brought Auburn back and won in the Georgia State game. They gave Finley a chance yeah. to drive, and they were under center on every single play in that game. They hadn't gone under center much before that with Bo and, I don't know, three, four drives before that. So I'm wondering if we get a heavy, heavy dose of under center offense. Um, you know, it's more – maybe more – here's my thing on the run game. I, the last two weeks to me has not been enough as far as the run game goes. Mm-hmm. You got you got Tank getting 15 carries and, and Hunter got four carries in both games. What happened to – I don't understand. What, where is Hunter – Okay, you throw it to him a little bit, yeah, but but you got to give him the ball. I mean, he's yeah. the guy that's that's you know putting moves on people like he's in a phone booth making people miss. I mean, I, I'd have to I'd have to roll the dice with him a little bit more, you know. So I, I'm kind of leaning more towards <clears throat> Mike Bobo. What is he going to do? Is is you know does not having Bo Nix psych him out a little bit, or does it make him feel more comfortable because? Maybe Finley's a little more calm and he'll execute things better. I don't know. To me, it's a mystery. I just don't have a like a precise answer this week. I, I just want to I want to watch and see a full game under Finley, and then you know I can tell you where they're going to be in the Iron Bowl, pretty much. But for right now, you know you, you got to be able to run the football. That's number one. Um, he can make those 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 you know laser throws. But will he get Auburn in trouble that way? Will he throw an interception? You know, Bo only threw three this year. So, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at on this one. Yeah. Well, what happened to Jarquez Hunter? I, I don't know. I, you know, I wrote about that, and it was like 
the last four games, he hasn't gone over 38 yards. I mean, he, he's gotten not really, really. You could go back to that Arkansas game when he fumbled, when, when Auburn got fortunate, right. And kept that ball. Um, it's yeah. like, since then, I mean, he, he's nothing. He's you're right. He's not getting, he's not getting the yards. He's not getting the carries either. I mean, he was, he was, he was among the conversation early in the, early in the season, maybe a third of the way through for SEC freshman of the year. Right. Yeah. The cat was going down. I mean, and then, where did was, you, uh, what'd you I say, was, Cole? Four carries in the past two games? Eight total? Past two games, four carries in each game. So, eight total, yes. And, and you would like to see those two guys share in 30 carries, right? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, maybe 10. 20 and 10? Yeah, at least. Uh, the, well, I went back and looked, and I was like, okay, what's his average? Like, what's he getting per carry? Maybe that's the problem. He's still above five yards per carry. So, I'm like – you got to get him involved, man. I don't know how you. Get, I don't know how you're going to do it, but just just hand him the ball off, toss it to him, do all the things that you were doing, like in the Penn State game. Where, where did that stuff go? I mean, they really had some success with him in the Penn State game, you know, in uh, other games. I'm just kind of curious where that where that went. That's my biggest question. Did Bo, did Bo get his carries? Three. No. So Bo carried three times on design runs, yeah. And in in the last game. In the last game, three times. The game before that, I think it was five, if I remember correctly, four or five. To me, that was not enough either. But you know, that's kind of that ship has kind of sailed. So uh, I don't think you're going to see any design QB runs with Finley. So that's why I'm like, okay, time to get Hunter back in the offense. I would agree. Well, so TJ made an interesting comment. He said. Uh, we talked to him on Wednesday. He said the running game was going to look different. So wh- whatever that means, well, uh, if, it's, you know, if it's all if it's all under center, you know, certainly, certainly, that could be different. And it's not like Shivers came back and took all his carries. No, he's yeah. not. He's he's the third down back now. And by the way, I, I, in in the Texas A and M game, my dude Shivers lined up at the fullback in the eye on the toss play as the lead blocker. Joe Frazier, baby. Hey, yeah. If I if I'm a big guy sitting on the sideline watching him take 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 reps for me at that position, man, he, he, that guy's just got all the heart. I guess he's just got it all. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what sense I made of that. Um, I thought maybe they were setting up. You know, maybe there's a play where I don't know. Like, are they setting him up to play action and he comes and he runs a wheel route? Or I I just didn't understand. Um, what that was about, but no, you're right about the running game. I mean, look, it's been it's been bad. I mean, it's been inconsistent all year. Um, they had moments. What's what's crazy is the first half against Mississippi State, Cole. I think you were up there in the press box. I looked at you and I said, "Man, this is the best, most consistent they've run the ball against a Power Five team." Like that first half was consistently good, not like a 30 yard run and then nothing, nothing. I mean, the first half was consistently good, and then. It just completely disappeared. I think Tank had like nine carries for eight yards in in like the last, you know, two and a half quarters or something. I mean, it, it just – it's mind-blowing how inconsistent that team is, but specifically that offense is and that line is running the ball. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's almost like Bobo's got – they've got their plays that work and they can execute those and then, and then pass that. I mean, it just—it's just—it's just crazy how they can look that good, and then all of a sudden, um, literally not even get first downs. I mean, twenty-eight first-half yeah. points in that game, 
28 first half points and and late and like into the fourth like through into the fourth quarter at one point the first downs in the Mississippi State that was 16 to 2 in the second half at one point first downs for Mississippi State 16 to 2 i mean that is mind blowing to score four touchdowns and a half and then be halfway through the fourth quarter in the next half and have two first downs that, that makes do no crap. Sense. that's wild yeah but you know and i think somebody mentioned on the board when i was watching the game it, it seemed like in the second half it was run run pass that, that was Auburn's play calling. Yeah. And, and, of course, they didn't get first downs. It was run, run, first and second, and throw it on third. It well, was, uh, that was frustrating to watch. You know, it kind of took me back to last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? I said that. I was like, dude, if that – if Gus Mazzano was the coach, I could – I could, you can predict everything that would have been said after that game. I oh, mean, know what would have been said after that game. Now, it's, it's fair. It's a new staff and a new OC, so it's fair not to – you know, to give them whatever, but yeah, you know, that that was that brought back I mean, some of the play calling. Um, you know, I mean, it was it was weird. They'd come back and, and Mississippi State scored a touchdown, and Auburn would come back and throw or run the ball, run the ball, or then the next time they'd come back and throw three passes. I mean, it was just it was super yeah. erratic. It was very erratic. Erratic. There you go. That, that, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, and and just kind of a a theory that I've sort of come up with just watching it, honestly. Everybody remembers how predictable, use the word predictable, Gus Malzahn's offense was, right? You knew what was coming. You knew it was going to be a screen, RPO, or, you know, people called it the dive, but it was inside zone is what he ran all the time, right? You knew what was coming. You knew what the down and distance would tell you, like, first down, we're going inside zone every time. It's almost like with Bobo, he is, he's, like, afraid of being predictable. Because I, I think I tapped you on the shoulder in the press box, uh, Justin, and said, hey, here's that bunch set. They like the mid zone right here. They've done really well with that. And then he runs play action out of it. And he did that three times that I remember. And I don't remember them running the mid zone out of the bunch, which is what they've done so well this year. And I'm like, okay, I, I get, you know, I get not wanting to be predictable, but, hey, let's, let's not go too far here, you know. That's almost what it feels like right now to me. Like you're you're trying to be just a little bit too unpredictable. Yeah. I think there's some things that you do well and you need to stay with it. And that's and this is the week to come back to it. Yeah. It, it almost outsmarting yourself is what it sounds yeah. like you're saying, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Finley, um, you know, he's going to have to be accurate. That's been an issue with him. Last year he completed like 57% of his passes with with LSU. Had a couple of good games and then a couple of, you know, pedestrian games. It was, you know, it's kind of like old Bo, honestly. Um, and so, uh, you know, that'll that'll be interesting watching him throw the ball. He hadn't looked great on, on, the, on the out routes and stuff towards the boundaries. I almost think Finley's been better between in the middle, middle of the field. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, where Bo had gotten really good at rolling out, throwing those out routes, he became money on those. I wonder if sure I wonder if yeah. they keep more in the middle of the field with TJ. Obviously, he has a great arm. I mean, they can still go deep to Javarius and, and to Demetrius. They can still take their shots there. Um, but yeah, that running game, that running game has to get cranked up um, because you don't I'll, have those legs. And I'll so, tell you just a quick observation on Finley is they they I wonder if they're almost having to tell him, hey. Um, you know, we want you to be relaxed out there, but don't don't be too relaxed, you know? Yeah. Because he'll fit it in the tightest windows you've ever seen. And sometimes it, it looks like, you know, it looks like uh, Tom Brady 
you know, beaming it in there or something. And other times he'll throw a pick. So he's just he's calm. You like that? I mean, that's the opposite of both, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, there's there's the fine line. I think <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah. So. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, he's uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. Obviously, I mean, I, I think I, I want to see what he can do. Um, I'm, I'm excited for TJ and, and I know he's excited. I mean, I think the team loves him. I think they, he's got their support. Uh, I give TJ a lot of credit. I mean, he said a lot of good things on Wednesday talking about how he prepares every week, like to be a starter and not just so he'll be ready physically or, or so he'll know the playbook. I mean, he talked about, um, he talked about be preparing like a starter so that he's showing the team that he can be a leader. So if that time comes up that they believe in him and trust him. So like, he's, you know, pretty introspective, um, you know, kid to think like that. And so I think the team, I don't think there's any issues in like the rallying around him or anything like that. I think they're pumped for him um, and excited for him. Um, So I think that's the big challenge. I mean, defensively, look, Auburn was terrible, obviously against state in the second half, but Carolina's, nothing special on offense. I mean, there's no reason Auburn's defense shouldn't be able to get get right this week and and, and play well. I mean, this is they're, they're not going to throw the ball all over the field. Um, I mean, there's really no reason that Auburn can't bounce back and have a good game defensively, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think that, that um, the defense is as bad as they looked last week. I, I think that they – just kind of when we went through the film study this week on Wednesday, it, it was just like a okay, you're not getting pressure. Michael Leach knows that he's got plays for that. It's as simple as that. It really doesn't get any more complicated than that. He knew what to do. He knew the plays that were longer developing. He could call those because they weren't going to get pressure consistently. You know, so I don't think I'm not going to call it a fluke. I mean, I, I say it was a great called game by Mike Leach. I say it was a not great got called game by Derek Mason on defense. And, and uh, you know, I think obviously Auburn matches up a little bit better with South Carolina the way they do things. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it was um... – I mean, granted, Mississippi State's thrown the ball on basically everybody. I mean, we do got to give them credit. Will Rogers has been fantastic all year. Um, but, but man, Jeffrey, like listening to McCreary and Chandler Wooten talk about the defense was – I mean, whew, I mean, McCreary's talking about they just weren't focused. They let off, basically let off the gas pedal. Um, McCreary talked about some – you know, not everybody doing their job. Um, and then you hear Chandler Wooten say, well, the game plan in the first half worked. And so, you know, basically we, we figured it'd work in the second half uh, and we just didn't execute. And I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know how much you can blame it on not executing. If you want to say that, that's fine. But the other team gets a chance to adjust and play better. So it's going to take sometimes. I mean, yeah, you're. You can't really say, well, we didn't execute. Well, I mean, if, if they adjusted and played better, then you, you needed to switch something up. So it's frustrating to hear them talk about, like, well, we just figured it'd work again in the second half. I don't know who knows why it didn't. We just didn't play well enough. Like, I mean, you know, so I, I think Derek Mason's caught a lot of heat. I'm sure he went back and looked at that film and thought of a bunch of different things he could have done differently, I, I guess. So I don't I don't really know what happened in the second half of that game, but um, – not a good, not a good look on on Derek Mason for that one. He needs to bounce back with a couple of good games to end the season. 
Yes, he does. He has lost some fans. Uh, it was big of those players to even come up and say that uh, yeah. because I don't feel like in the second half, and Cole knows more about coaching than I ever will, but I don't feel like the coaches put those players in the best position in the second half to be successful. Yeah. I just don't feel that way. I thought T.D. Moultrie had one of the better games of his freaking career. Dude was madman out there. Got robbed of that sack, um, which was a huge play. I think it was third and long or – would have brought up a third and long yeah. or something like that. It was a big deal. Uh, but what we saw in that series, if I'm not mistaken, it was that series. Auburn actually brought pressure. Mm-hmm. Like they rushed more than three. They, they, you know, it was they put some pressure on Will Rogers to actually make some decisions instead of sitting back there like a seven on seven and picking out whoever runs open. That was so frustrating, and we've seen a, we've seen a lot of that from Derek Mason. We've seen a lot of sitting back and, and, and just kind of keeping it dink and dunking all the way down the field. But man, that's frustrating to watch, and I know it's got to be frustrating for those players when you're sitting back there. You can only cover for so long. I play defense back. I know you it, it, you won't get open if you want to get open. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, it was frustrating to watch. I understand that. Yeah, it worked in the first half, but. If they're going to make adjustments to what you're doing, you're going to have to adjust to what they're doing as well. Because if you're not, then it's a one-sided ball game, and it was. And the and and, and the TV announcers—I don't know if y'all caught the TV broadcast of that show—but I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it because we had had the same thing in Brooks's flag football game the week before. We were up big, up three touchdowns, but they had the ball before half. They had the ball coming out after half, and I'm thinking that's a 14-point swing. It's 28-3. to can easily be 28-17 to before Auburn ever gets the ball back again. And that's exactly what happened. Meticulously drove the ball down the field before half, scores, come out in the second half, drives down, scores. It's 28-17. to Auburn can't answer, and it was just over from there. It was over. There was no adjustments made. I mean, to my untrained eye, I didn't see any adjustments made on defense or offense, um, except for I guess. Go. What, what you? I felt like Bobo changed his play yeah. calling in the second half. Yeah, I mean, was he playing not to lose? Yeah, he just he, kind he took of his left, foot off the gas. I mean, he left the run game alone to me. You said he didn't. When I look at the numbers after the game, it, it seemed like they were running the football still, or they were attempting to. But for for the running backs, they got 19 carries in the game, 20. So how many total plays? You know, somewhere in the 60s. So they really – I mean, they really weren't running the ball or attempting to. They kind of got to where, okay, we're, we're losing momentum here. It's time to grab some big plays. So but that, was it was it more 50-50 in the first half? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I, I thought it was 51. I saw at one point it was 51 to 49 run pass ratio Auburn had yeah, right. in the first half. Just a bad ass first half. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, play calling, the passes, the catches, the routes, the runs, the blocking. It was a dominating first half. I'll tell you this. Uh, they've got to find a way to get Javarius Johnson back in the game plan like they did last week. I mean, my gosh. He can play. Just You just flip a little screen, he takes it to the house, 57 yards. I mean, nobody was close, and he ran through people. And then he's running by people in coverage on deep balls. I'm like, man, what, what in the world? Where's he been? That is That might be the biggest mystery of the year, if unless he was just, you know – Hurt, yeah, man, that's all we heard. 
that's all we heard about in fall camp, right? Yes. Yep. He was the most popular receiving name we heard out of fall camp. And then when we got to the season, it was like, oh, I guess he wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that one. I, I mentioned him. You know, he came he – was, he was banged up a little, came back. Um, and then what was it, Arkansas? He caught that early touchdown. But, I mean, since then he's been in there. And I've thought the same thing, Cole. I mean, yeah. he's, he's too fast and he's too explosive. I'm like, he when is he going to get involved? Because he's got talent that they don't that nobody else has out there. Um, and that's that speed, you know, some some somebody that can get open in space. Um, he's a great compliment to Kobe, uh, and, and certainly shed. So hopefully, hopefully he keeps in the in in the uh, and they don't need to just use him on. Think about him on. Think about the way you use Ryan Davis back in the day. Think about Javaris Johnson dragging yes. it off the field or whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be deep balls to him. Um, Jermaine, just get him open in space and drag him across the field and dump it to him and and let him make plays. So hopefully, hopefully that uh, that continues. Kobe Hudson had a fantastic game. Mike Leach. I don't know if y'all saw his quote after the game, but he goes, "I don't know who number five is, but I want to meet him." Um, <laughs> He, he he was really impressed with Kobe. Of course, the one-handed grab was stupid. Yeah, he didn't yeah. see that A&M game the week before, did he? Huh? Mike Leach didn't see that A&M game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was maybe one of his worst games. Um, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just – if he'll, if he'll focus. Hey, that says a lot about him from, you know, rebounding from that A&M game and having the game he had against Mississippi State. Yeah. And that dude, uh, listen, I, that's one guy that in, in high school – I watched a lot of him, followed his recruitment very closely, covered it, obviously. That guy, I, I was like, this guy's a difference maker, man. Like, he, he's really good. He's really good. Yeah, he is. He was a quarterback? So I, yes. He, he did everything, dude. He, he did everything. So, he's stealing. I mean, he, you know, I mean, like, he's got a lot to learn still, I mean, as a receiver, right? I mean. He's so natural. He's <laughs> he's, he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what are y'all talking about? I ain't talking about. Shout out to Zach Blackerby. Zach Blackerby for yeah. Locked On. He 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 uh he he like his that's his Twitter thing. He called him a natural. So every time he does something, he's like, man, he's so natural. He's so oh, he's, he's so he's exactly right. exactly. It's a great description of him. He that's what he is. I mean, he he's he looks like a a wide like a dude born to play wide out. I mean, that's 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 what he looks like. Um. So chances against South Carolina, so we feel good. I'm with you, Jeffrey. I mean, I think this is a game they they should win. Finley or Knicks, they should win. I just wonder about like the upheaval of the last couple of weeks or or the, the collapse against State and where they're at. Uh, Brian, Hurst, you know, Brian Hurst has never lost three in a row in his career. He's never lost three in a row. So mm-hmm. got to avoid that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's Here's the mentality, the 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 team's focus, all what's going on in the locker room. That should be the only thing that would worry me. I mean, when they when they're going up there, right? I mean, I think you put a note up today on Papo, yeah, Justin, which was he's not good, right? Not good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's expected <laughs> likely not going to play again. I, I you know um, this this year, and then he you know at that point he he's probably going to go pro. He's not going to use his COVID year. To come back, I mean, he's a he's his measurables, and he'll he'll do well at the combine. Probably he'll run a good forty, and he'll get drafted on on his stats alone. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think he when he came back from that ankle injury, he he didn't grade out well. He didn't look awesome, and and I think yeah, I think that's why they sat him against State, um, thinking, hey, the way State's going to play, 
his snaps are probably going to be limited anyway. Let's sit him, see if we can get him healthy. And with two games left, I just don't think they're going to put him out there to, to suck it up. I mean, think about if he goes out there at 70%, doesn't help the defense necessarily, puts a bunch of bad film out there. Like, that, yeah. no, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, no. uh, now, I think I think Auburn's defense is better with with 100% Papo in it, but I don't feel like it's absolutely detrimental that he's not going to be out there. I agree. That's no, I disappointing. I mean, for Pap, like Pepo was when I remember I was out of it, and I remember from a from afar when they got him, T. Will right recruited him. I was yeah. like, whoa! Like yeah. I was blown away that I didn't follow it closely. I was just like somebody who saw it. I mean, Jeffrey and I remember seeing Papo come to Auburn. I was like, that is a massive get in the middle of Georgia and what they're doing. Like, whoa! I mean, that blew yeah, me away. This was back when Tennessee was handing out McDonald's bags too. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but has he lived up? I mean, he right. He hadn't quite lived up to the billing. I mean, man, I, five stars. Uh, they, hmm, Auburn is, is the graveyard for five stars, man. You know, I saw a 2023 big kid, big offensive tackle from Dr. Phillips in Orlando for next year, and I was thinking, God bless America. <laughs> Remind me of Calvin Ashley, you know, uh, By- Byron Cowher, Cal- Calvin Ashley. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it's uh, unless your name is Derek Brown. Derek Brown, not right. I mean, you know, you had like Trey Blackman was good, but you know, was was I mean, he was probably like Owen Pepo, right? I mean, he yeah. was a multi-year starter. He was a great, probably a second team all SEC guy, but he wasn't the all American that we all thought he was gonna be. Mm-hmm. So uh, but you know, right. I, I don't know. if Owen is 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 70%, then I don't blame him at all. Yeah, taken out, and I and I like I said, I don't think it's going to win or lose Auburn a ball game that he's in there, or he, whether he's in there or not. Yeah, I, not to. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but he was just looking kind of passive, which you can't be that way as a linebacker. If you're hurt and you're passive, you're hurting the team playing linebacker. You could have put him out there at safety or something. Maybe he would have done a better job, but you can't bang around with offensive linemen and and you know and just try to avoid contact. That's not going to work. That's what he looked like to me at times. So I, I think you're a lot better off with Wooten than McLean right now. Yeah. And Chandler Wooten's played well this year. He really has. Then who? Job. Then Papa. Yes. You want McLean? Yeah, I'm saying you're better off with Wooten. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I just, yeah. The way I'll take, take Zacopi all day long, twice oh, on Sunday. Sure. Sure. He's, I think I, mean, I think he's better than Owen. Does, be does he does he come out of the game at all anymore? I mean, does he get? I haven't he, seen. He, he makes a tackle every other play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His worst game, the only game where the only game where Zacoby kind of disappeared was Georgia, and I think that had a lot to do with Georgia. <laughs> you know, in 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 running the ball and lineman. I think lineman getting on him probably, and you know that's the only game where he kind of he struck. I don't even know if he had five tackles in that game. Um, he he just. I don't think he could get loose um, and get free to to make to make plays. But I mean, other than that, yeah, he's been on since that game. Really, he, he's been on a nice tear of probably 10, 11 tackles a game. Yeah, upwards of fifteen at some point. Yeah. Um, all right, so Auburn, South Carolina, six p.m. Saturday night. Uh, it's a game Auburn needs to win. They just need to get a W in the column and 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 then get to, to get to Alabama. Then one they last to- thing on that, Justin. Yeah, you remember when you wrote? I think you wrote on Sunday when Bo Nix was good to go, according to pu- publicly at least. The line came out as ten, right? 
Yeah. Then they open at 10. And I think after the Bo Nix news, it went to seven. Yeah. Six and a half in some places. Yeah. And I thought, damn, Bo Nix is only good for a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would six, six, even six and seven. I thought, man. But I guess, I don't know. South Carolina is just not great. I mean, they right. but stinkers. who do they beat? Florida's got everybody, you know, they beat beat Florida and everybody went, uh, you know, that's, you know, they put that on tape and everybody's kind of like, well, and and I think we know Florida is kind of a disaster right now. That's Um, what Auburn can't afford to do. That's kind of what I was getting to about Auburn going to the mentality, the locker room and stuff like that. They can't be a Florida. Finish the season strong, go up there, whoop some ass and and come back down and play a respectable game against Alabama, go to a bowl game, have a good time. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, think about um, Chiswick's first year. Didn't they go – I think they went 7-5 and five that year, lost to Bama at home, but it was a great game. Um, you know, okay. won, won the Outback Bowl and, and and you know, propelled them into into the next year. And yeah. so – 8-5, and five, that's right. Yeah, sure. maybe they can do something like that. Go go put a W up there. I think the team's in a good place. I will say Nick Brahms was asked about that, and we'll move on to recruiting. But he said uh, – he said Bose talked to the team, but he said – he said, look, we're he, he he said, we're doing this. Like Bo wants the team to finish strong. He's like, but we as a team want to finish strong. He's like, we're doing this for Auburn, and we'll always do it for Auburn. And it's a pride thing, is what he said. And so I, I think they've got the right, I think they'll have the right mindset of of uh go win a game and then and then it's the Iron Bowl and everybody's gonna be jacked for that. So I they just need to get a W out there. Just get a W and and get home and have another week of reps. They said it was a good week, a good day of practice on Tuesday. They said a lot of energy. So I think it's just about execution with Finley. But I think we might be surprised. I think they might – I mean, who knows? I think they might go play um, – you know, they might go play some inspired football. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm curious to see. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, I'll add one more thing. And yeah. We, we can leave it. The uh, the kicking situation, man. That, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, who knows? This game could be close, right? I mean, yeah. we're saying it can't be close. I, I think Auburn might, you know, have the edge right now, even with Finley. But if it gets down to a close game and you got a field goal or something, mm. well, you don't have anything to lose, right? Like I was talking to somebody earlier. Um, I mean, would any fan, would anybody blame Brian Harson if they're on the 25, 27 yard line, even the 20, 30 yard line? And it's fourth and four, fourth and three, four, fourth and five, and he goes for it. Would, would anybody blame him at this point with no Anders Carlson? I mean, doesn't he yeah, have a, a pass to just go for it? I wouldn't blame him with Anders Carlson the way he be. <laughs> I'm yeah. serious. I, yeah, hey, you got to be better, bro. Yeah, fourteen to twenty-one is what he's going to end the year at. That's what Carlson is for two or three. I think he's. I think so. Yeah, sixty-six percent. Couple blocked. Couple no, sir, not at Auburn. Not in the SEC. If you can't do better than that. Jacksonville State needs a kicker. Mississippi State needs a kicker. I'm telling you, man, I, kickers, I, I don't get it. You got one freaking job, dude. You got one job. You got one job. Kick it between yeah. the uprights. He's been, it's been off this year. I mean, they missed an extra point. Special teams as a whole has been off this year. Every special teams as a whole, outside of Oscar Chapman, a dude's just like, yeah. nobody even knows his name. And he's dude, like, absolutely. Great. Yeah. No, we haven't even talked. Nobody has mentioned Oscar Chapman's name. Yeah, barely. It's just, you know, I mean. It's pretty good. But I guess if you're the kicker or a punter, you hope nobody knows your name, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, you would hope. Because the only reason we're talking about Carlson is because he's he's been very average. Average at best this year. 
Yeah. But I mean, going back to that, I, I, I think, I think, I think Harson and even bigger, even with Finley, man, like I, I think he doesn't look at it this way. Obviously Brian Harson's not going as a, but as a fan, as a supporter, just as somebody who's thinking about perception and how people might be viewing Harson these last couple games, to me, there's no pressure. You have a backup quarterback, you have a back, you have no kicker. If, if he lost to South Carolina, like, Fans would be mad, but would they completely trash him? Maybe a little bit, but I mean, I just think he's got a free free reign to kind of go for it on fourth down, sure. be a cavalier. I mean, you, you're with your backup quarterback; it's not your fault. Nick's got hurt. Um, I don't know, man. Just go let it go, let it loose, and and go for it on fourth downs, and nobody's gonna blame you, man. Yeah, you're right. He, they shouldn't anyway. There there would be no. I mean, they will, but they shouldn't. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be fair to, but they might. But you're right. I mean, they, you gotta, you gotta do what's what the best, you know, your best percentage is, and that's probably maybe even going for two at times too. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I'm sure they're probably working on that right now. Oh, God. So over that <laughs> debate, um, go for two and kick the extra point. That was a fun debate. All right, um, let's talk recruiting. That's more exciting right now. Um, Auburn trying to finish strong. Yeah, Malik Agbo. You guys talked about that, I'm sure, uh, at nauseum on on y'all's podcast and reported it. Malik Agbo. Um, somebody asked me. Um, oh, I was on with I was on with the next round guys in Birmingham, and they asked about Iron Bowl weekend, and um, and oh said, hey, is that shaping up? They're like, hey, you know, is that shaping up to be? Um, a big time recruiting weekend. I'm like, yeah, it should be. I mean, Auburn only had one big visitor for Ole Miss and it's been, you know, they haven't had a George since the Georgia game, you know, they haven't had like just a, a boatload of guys. And so iron ball at home, I was like, yeah, it should be a monster weekend um, for, for the staff. Is that kind of where we're at everything leading up to who can they get to the iron bowl? What important guys can they get? What kind of impressions can they get? Is it all Jeffrey just leading up to, the Iron Bowl at this point? Absolutely. It's going to be – it's going to be a lot, man. I mean, it's going to be huge, absolutely. I, I'm, but what I'm looking forward to the most – this Iron Bowl, in my opinion, is Cole and I have both been talking about, you know, more names popping up, some names we're hearing behind the scenes. To me, this is this Iron Bowl and who shows up is going to be Auburn's coaches grabbing the sheet and pulling it away and, and, and really, you know, showing how they're trying to finish this class before December the 15th. Who's coming? The official visitors. I mean, it might be eight to ten um, before, so it might be more. I don't know. There's a lot of guys coming in, unofficial list. I'm sure it's going to be full and packed, and they're going to be very selective in who they're letting in. The 2023 guys, all those top dogs from in-state and Georgia and anybody who wants to come up and over from Mississippi and Florida. Uh, but I really feel like, we will have a really good, a, a much better grasp of number one, who Auburn's targeting. If there's legit interest there, if there's mutual interest there, because if they're there, then they're obviously interested at least to get over there. And, and if they're even if they're just coming for the game, dude, you get them on campus, you got a shot. So who Auburn's targeting, what those guys are, the, the interest is from those guys, and then getting some exit interviews after the game. I think that's really important for guys like Colin himself. It's not just read the words on the paper, but to hear them and to see them uh, and how they talk, to see who they're talking to. And uh, I really feel like we'll have a much better gauge on on Auburn's goals for this class and who they're targeting and, and kind of their chances after this game because it's going to be 
a star-studded group, or at least I would expect. Yep, I agree. It's going to be um, – yeah, I like what you said, Jeffrey, about kind of pulling back the sheet. Uh, I, I think you'll see some some people there that you might be surprised to see there. And, and, uh, and, and think about it this way, too. This is the last game of the season, right, regular mm-hmm. season. Usually, a lot of times when we talk to recruits after these games, you know, didn't get to catch Harson today, uh, didn't get to catch Coach Eason today. I was, he was kind of busy, you know. I'm not saying they're not going to be busy after the game, but they'll have more time to actually get get an idea of how the guys are doing, how they're feeling about the visit, you know, the the atmosphere, all that stuff. I think they'll get to talk to them and kind of. Um, you know, work on them a little bit after the game and, and all that weekend. So I, I just, to me, this is the biggest week of the year for recruiting. It's, it's far, it, it's Georgia was huge. You had so many guys there. I think this one's just one step above that, really. I think it's shaping up to be that way. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> what are they going to go in? So they, so they have that weekend. And then you've got two weekends st- in December. Early signing is the early signing period right after. I mean, right there in December. December fifteenth. I think there's okay. December fourth, and there's December the eleventh, and then the dead period will begin until that Wednesday. Yeah. So uh, there's still two more weekends after this week uh, after the game after the Iron Bowl after Thanksgiving. Two weekends in December. Um. But I'm curious to see who comes in for official visits next week. And we've had – we've heard a lot of uh, – we, we know Keontae Scott's coming in, the Juco DB uh, – Juco cornerback, I should say, to be more specific. Then I think the biggest one um, is Antonio Williams, the wide receiver, with Darius Clemens kind of presumably slipping down the board. You yeah, what's the story with him? I saw the graphic on social media that they made that, that some of the guys were pushing, right? Did you count how many players Auburn had on there? No. I didn't want to publicly say it because I didn't want to piss Trey off. But they uh, had 12 commitments up there and then right. Curtis, Curtis Perry. Yeah. I mean, you know, like when the, the graphic was for Curtis Perry or Antonio. Oh, Trey, Trey was not included. They in did them. not put Trey Donaldson on there. Yeah. I did notice that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to bring to Trey's attention. Of course, he signed and delivered. Ain't shit he can do. But. <laughs> But I thought that was interesting, and, and I think Cole wrote the other day, you know, Auburn's got 13, but we're going to call it 12 because Trey, and even like Bruce said in, the, in, in his comments, I think it was Wednesday night when Auburn finally, or Tuesday night when Auburn finally releases uh, Chance Westry and Trey Dawson, but Bruce said he might be one of the best defensive backs in the country, but this dude's a basketball player. And that's how he left it. Uh, and of course, we've been saying that from the beginning. I know Justin and I both, since we August, we were we've been saying – he wants to play too, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how if that ever pans out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know what the hell we were talking about. I just got off on. Oh, we were talking about Antonio Williams coming yeah. down. We got Keontae Scott. We got Curtis Perry coming in for an official visit. Were that were those graphics for the official visitors? No, I think they were. It was just it was it just said come home. I think they just yeah, made just, them to recruit them, and, okay. and it was Antonio Williams, Curtis Perry. Might have been another right. one, but I just saw the commits retweeting them. Uh, and yeah, I don't know that I've seen – that's obviously becoming a bigger deal, right? Like these the, – the, the graphics and the social media. Oh, yeah. But I, that's pretty bold to just I, – I don't know many that I've seen that just straight up been like, 
Like, let's go. Like, come on. Like, we're, come here. Commit. Like, please commit. I mean, just just putting yourself out there. I mean, in a in a big way. Who else? Yes, oh, oh, oh. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of other committed other schools. Demario Tolan's coming over. Jadarian yes. Rims coming over. Yes. Spurlock's coming down. Michigan commit. LSU commit. LSU commit. Uh, Trey Citizen might be there. Trey as well. Citizen. Robert Woodyard's coming back. Tay Woody. Tay Woody. Big time. After yep. he says. So, I mean, let's go back and hold on. Let, let, let's name them. So, we got Antonio Williams, Keontae Scott, Curtis Perry. These are official visitors, though. Yeah. Maybe Woody. Deuce Spurlock. Yeah. Who'd you Spurlock. say? Tay, Tay Woody. Woody. You said Keontae Scott. Did said, we, uh, is Trey Citizen? Jadarian Rim. Trey Citizen won't, will be unofficial if he comes. <coughs> so will Rim, too. Didn't he take an official visit back in June? Um, Demario Tolan. Tolan's official. Mm-hmm. Colson Loveland's another name. That there you go. That's seven or eight right there. And then that's that's the guys that we know. I, I, I'm telling you, it might be 10 or more. It's going to be a big weekend. It's going to be a big weekend. And these guys will – most of them are finished with high school, I'm guessing, right? It's third or fourth round by now. If you're not playing for the state, you're done. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was big for Malik Agbo to get back, you know, to fly from uh, Washington yeah. State last week and get on campus at Friday afternoon, stay until Sunday afternoon. And he did. Uh, so getting these guys for that, you know, because a lot of times these guys play on Friday night and they get into Auburn at 12, and it's basically a one full day, maybe a day and a half official visit. You want them guys getting here Friday afternoon, seeing the sun go down, and then leaving before sundown on Sunday. Yeah. When, yeah. when y'all talk to these guys um, as the season's gone on, and I'm curious about the Iron Bowl after that game too, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I've covered it back in the day. I mean, I, I, in general, I know most guys are concerned with depth, depth chart at their position and, 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 and playing time and, um, you know, fit and things like that. They're not that concerned with wins and losses because they all think they can come in and change it. So, right. Um, but but I guess you know what is what has been from a coaching staff perspective. I still feel like I don't completely know what this staff's made of recruiting wise. Even though they've all got experience in college, I mean it's not like they're a bunch of guys who've never recruited before. Obviously, it's it's the first class at Auburn, um, and I guess I guess we just got to see the class finish and then yeah. and evaluate them. But I just I guess that's then we can make it a determination. But um, I don't know if it's because it's more quiet, more more close to the vest, and 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 so we just don't have as much in, intel on like insight on what these guys are doing and and how they're and how they how they recruit and I don't know. I feel like I don't have a good feel for for them as as recruiters yet. I think that's fair, but you got to think of the COVID. You know, we haven't been at the complex. Y'all, do y'all even get to go to the complex? The team? I haven't stepped foot in there. I haven't met one of those guys. Wow, really? Oh, so you know we got a, a quick look back in June when they, when they opened the visits back up yeah. from uh, from the COVID, uh, and, and so we got some introductions. We got to kind of talk to them, meet them, but it was, and then they, then they quickly kicked us out. I don't <laughs> think those dudes were, were 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 used to all this. You know, they weren't used to people actually caring, uh, giving them care, giving a shit about what they do in recruiting. Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh, hey, oh my God, oh my God, what are you doing? Well, we're here to cover your recruiting. We weren't, we're going to 
see how good of a recruiters you are. And they're like, hey, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we'll know a lot more. I mean, you, you talk to these kids and you hear what they're they're talking about. Their um, we love, always talk about the assistant coaches for the guys recruiting them. We know Mike Bobo. Uh, we know what he can do. But what uh, man, what I've been surprised with is, is Nick Keeson, the defensive line guys. Talk about him. Um, but I think December 15th, we're going to well, – I thought they did a great job last year in the transfer portal. Yeah. I think uh, 80 90% of the guys, right? I mean, can you name the uh, – Dre Miller, is he the only one who really hasn't contributed? Um, Dre Sean Miller has been – has been a has for, sure, for sure been a bust. Um, and hell, he was like second team All-American at West Virginia, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one of the more highly thought of right. transfers, and he's been a bust. Kaufman – you know, as a, he's helped, he's helped. He's at, he's now right. the, the last few weeks he's helped, but he hasn't been. And he's a freshman. Yeah, yeah, nothing crazy there. Um, but Darius Knight's been okay. Marcus we haven't Harris, seen Joko Willis. Yeah, yeah, not much of him. Marcus Harris has been has been important. Tony Fair has been important. Right. That, um, uh, that TJ Finley pool was looking pretty good right ooh. now. Yeah, TJ Fult. Yeah, well, so hey, I meant to ask. Well, what we can talk about that next week about D Davis because I meant to bring that up about why about what y'all thought about D Davis. Not should he get a shot? Should he not get a shot? I meant to bring that up, but because Harson was like, women, women thought about whether we're going to play him or not. So it doesn't sound like he's going to play. But yeah, transfer wise, yeah. I mean, I think we. I thought initially like, hey, they did really good, and I still think they did pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. Uh, who are we missing? Knighton. Who's well, playing? You know, a lot of uh, people. A lot of people want to put. You know, they want to put everything on the individual performances from these guys. But to me, you got to look at the needs they filled. Like, what would Auburn's defensive line have been this year without the help and depth from Tony Fair and Marcus Harris and Iku Leota? Leota, there you go. Man. Yeah, th- th- those guys have been the most valuable. The defensive linemen have been the most. I feel like it'd been the most valuable. No, they were desperate. They, it'd be that was been, huge. You know, before they before they got those guys, everybody was like, you know, I don't. I, I thought we needed offensive linemen and and receivers. I don't know why we're getting defensive linemen. I mean, I heard that a few times. Like, I, shouldn't we be getting offensive linemen? Well, there's obviously a need at defensive line, and they felt pretty comfortable with five seniors across the board on the offensive line. So, I, you know. Give them a chance to evaluate. Give them a chance to to build the roster before we go. Okay, I don't really agree with that. You know, I, I, you know they're building depth. They're building depth. That's that's the biggest thing. And I think I talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. But Cole's talking about their evaluations. All these guys they got committed early, and you see the type of senior years they're having. It's not like any of them are like bus right now. Like we, no. we saw Powell Gordon against IMG and what he what he's capable of doing against studs. Uh, we do the commitment tracker each week, and you know Demari Austin's averaging two hundred a game, and Golden Garner's doing his thing, and Kobe Albert's doing his thing, Trey Donaldson obviously doing his thing, uh, Caden Story, all these cats, and we know about the offensive line and uh, EJ Harris and Drew Bobo. Yes. Uh, so so far, I mean, you look at the commitment list and you look at the commitment tracker and what these guys have done their senior years, and they're batting a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even the kicker who won't talk to anybody's booting state records up there. Oh right? really? But yeah, dude. Uh, uh-uh, he won't talk. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of shut me and Jeffrey out. Yeah, kind of pisses me off. Huh? He's not done any interviews at all. 
if you catch him out the game, like leaving the game, he'll talk to you or he has me. But I mean, like, hey man, what's your stats? No, ghost. I mean, crickets, dude. And I got to the point, I was like, screw it, man. If you don't want any coverage, I won't give you any state record. I, I put it in there like, yeah, hey, keep the 61 yard. I mean, I don't get <laughs> if you don't want the coverage, I ain't gonna give it to you. <laughs> Just texting bags, but hey, I'm gonna assume you missed them all. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for, oh, for what this week? <laughs> oh, for four. Don't 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 respond if it was oh for four. Yeah, heard you. Went, oh, I'm gonna go with that. Oh for four. And yeah. The different. <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, the, the commitments. You know, they got these guys early. They were early. There some of the fans on the uh, on the corner subscribers and stuff are going. Oh my god, you know this guy didn't have this or that, and you know we're beating East Carolina for this guy or whoever else it was. And, you look down at the commitment list and what these guys are doing, a lot of them are still playing because their teams are really good. And you go, man, these, these guys, at least they're really, really good high school players. They're not they're not taking busts and stuff. And I, I, that's what's impressed me about the commitment list so far. And they've got 12. We know they're probably going to take uh, 10 more. 10 more. Yeah, at least. And, at least. and, and so, yeah, at least, right? I mean, on December 15th, I, I want to say 22 at least. And then and that's what that's what I put on the board too. If you're not excited, I mean, we got less than a month, and there's going to be at least ten new guys in the class. And, and don't tell me, see, all right now, Auburn could take Justin Williams, the four-star running back from Georgia. They could take him right now. Like, all they have to do is pick up the phone and say, "We're going to offer you." He said, "I'm coming." Yeah, he'd be in. Yeah, he's in. They they could go get an S. Cooper, Pleasant Grove. They could take him at any time. Yep. Um, and, and I think Cole has, has written this more than once, but. They're not just doing that, man. They're, they, they think they got some good shots. And if those are your fallback guys, then you're doing pretty well. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what makes me think, uh, and I, I could always be wrong on this, uh, but it just makes me – it gives me the feeling that they got things – you know, they got some irons in the fire. They got some things going on behind the scenes just because uh, I, there's three guys on the commit list right now that, that I go to. Damari Austin – now, we knew that Auburn was recruiting him, but it was like overnight you just heard, okay, uh, Georgia's out, LSU's out. Looks like Auburn right now. Just kind of overnight. I mean, I, you know, he was on the he was on the board, but but the interest was, or, or at least the the coverage was on guys like Quinchon Judkins and and uh, Omarion Hampton and guys like that at the time. And Austin was kind of Manuel like, Henderson. Yeah, Manuel Henderson, and you're like, okay, well, Austin's just – he's there. You know, we like him, but haven't heard that much about him. And then, boom, it's all over. Okay, another one like that is Amari Kelly. He just goes kind of quiet, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe just because they're not saying a whole lot, but then out of nowhere it's like, okay, he's committed. Right. <laughs> Happened kind of quick. How about uh, Micah Riley Ducker? That's another one to me that was just an incredible pull. I mean – you think about how many – he's a traditional tight end, right? You think about how many teams really use the traditional tight end these days. The ones that come to mind, Wisconsin, Iowa, Iowa State, uh, Illinois. Well, guess what? That's who all wanted him. So, I mean, Alabama doesn't really use traditional tight ends. They like the hybrid guy, you know. So, Auburn beat those guys out for traditional tight end powerhouses. That's huge, and it seemingly happened overnight. Like, you weren't hearing anything, and then the next day it's like, hey, by the way, Michael Riley Ducker's going to Auburn. Oh, interesting. I just have a feeling something like that's going to happen again. And you got, you know, 10 to 12 
spots left. So I just think it's going to be a wild finish. Yeah, it's going to be, be a wild fun. finish. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you guys talking about 10 spots available. Um, yeah, it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be real interesting. And, you know, so you mentioned uh, about late flips and, and we can end on this, but about potential. I'm thinking about is this staff as new as they are? I mean, yeah, I think they'll use every available moment second to, to, to work. I mean, they're, some of these kids and coaches, they're just, they're like, they're, they're behind. So I, I, I think it would, you know, they're, they're going to try to build relationships like literally still now up to the very last second, last minute um, and, and see if it'll make a difference. So, yeah, I think the end of Auburn's, the last month of Auburn's recruiting could be, you know, it, it really could be. I mean, they're not, they're, they haven't been there long enough to, you know, once they're here, they can kind of, you can map this stuff out ahead of time. They're just like, I mean, any, you know, la, they'll go to the last minute and try to try to figure out who they can get. Um, some of those guys, they're still trying to maybe figure out where they stand and and maybe make a late push, things like that. So, yeah, I think it could be, could be a wild finish for Auburn, uh, Auburn recruiting, hopefully trying to land in the top 15, which I feel like they've got a good shot at, right? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. All right, um, we'll end on that as Auburn prepares for South Carolina. Go to auburnlive.com um, and, and, and read uh, everything that we have going on. If you're listening to this, the podcast, it's probably Friday, so go check out the War Room. Hot boards are up, uh, recruiting insiders, all that stuff from a recruiting standpoint. We'll have coverage after the Auburn-South Carolina game. Auburn basketball plays at South Florida on Friday night. Um, so check that out and then they'll go to the Bahamas. So Auburn basketball season is heating up as well. So make sure you're a part of auburnlive.com and subscribe. It's still 10 bucks for a year. Won't be like that for long. So go check it out and be a part of the community. Uh, for Jeffrey and Cole, I'm Justin. We'll see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 